Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe Church podcast. This is a podcast designed for those who are interested in learning more about Tribe Church, some of our core values, our beliefs, and come September 16th, the messages that will be preached every Sunday morning at the AMC in Perry Crossing. My name is Pastor Matt Dilley. My name is Pastor Carrie Dilley, and today we will be doing another installment on our series in the book of James. So today we are continuing uh, in our series on the book of James, and today is about finding God's will, and really it's broken into uh, three parts. What God's will for you is. What is the, what is it that God's will is that you do something? So uh, number one is God's will is that you, one, acknowledge the fact that you need some help. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. acknowledge the fact that you need some help. Sometimes I think this is easier for some people than other people. And James talks about it. He says, you know, what... What in James 4, 1 and 2 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And then later it's, it goes on to say, like, uh, Give yourselves completely to God. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Give yourselves completely to God. And if you come close to God, God will come close to you. And I think that's such an important message as far as, you know, understanding that you need help. And mm-hmm. I think it's easy to say you need help when you're in, in bad times, when you're right. in dire straits, when things are not great in your life. But it's a whole separate thing when things are going really well right? or when things are just kind of, you know, normal mm-hmm. um, to continue to acknowledge that you need help, that you need God in your life. And, you know, Jesus talks about it's easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. And I think part of that is because oftentimes when you are doing really well, when you have a lot of money and you feel like things are... Um, you feel secure. Yeah. When you feel secure, you don't feel the need for God. You're like, I did this all on my own. Even though you definitely didn't. Right. So I don't need God in my life. And, and sometimes I think... Not like it's easier for someone who's poor, but you're just you're when you don't have anything left, you understand exactly how much you need God and how right. much you don't need that other stuff. Absolutely. The second thing is for God's will is that God's will is that you will believe the best about everyone you meet. I remember Matt coming home a couple of years ago and he had read a book and in the book it said By Brene Brown. Said in the book it said that what if you how would it change your life if you believed that everyone was doing the best that they can. And I remember thinking like, yeah, but people aren't doing the best that they can. (laughs) Like that's impossible. And I remember like he, we had this like kind of long conversation about this like little section of this book. Which book was it? Um, I think it's rising strong. Okay. Um, I didn't actually read rising. I read it later, but I hadn't read it at that point. And I remember thinking like, I can't, I can't honestly believe that everyone's doing the best they can because this person's doing this and this person's doing that. And then I was like, oh, what if that is the best that that person can do? Um, and then I thought, well, why wouldn't anyone be doing not, why would anyone not be doing the best that they can? Like what would be anyone's motivation to like not do the very best that they can? Like everybody wants, I mean, everybody wants the best, right? I think part of it was th- was truly understanding, like, if you approach somebody else and you ask them, like, are you doing the best that you can? Right. 
Of course they would say yes. So right. for them, like, you know, it's easy when you look at them and you think that's not how I would do it or I think they could do better. But if they're sitting there and they're taking a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon instead right. of doing what they need to do, they really are doing the best that they can. Right. Maybe not the best that you feel like they could do. Right. But they are doing the best that they can. And I think that, that looking at that is, is just looking at that that way is just life changing. When you start really thinking like that everyone is doing the very best that they can. I remember just today I had a situation where I had a parent email me and she had sent her kid in way the wrong clothes for what we were going to be doing today. And she was really feeling bad about that. And I just thought to all the times where I've screwed up like a couple weeks ago, I didn't send Bailey in the right shirt and Matt ended up saving the day and bringing her the right shirt. But if I hadn't, she would have been the only kid in the wrong shirt, like in her whole club. Out of she, hundreds of kids. Yeah, out of yeah. hundreds of kids. And so I just told this mom, like, listen, you know, we all we all screw up. Like, we all send our kids to school in the wrong clothes or whatever. Like, I, I get that you are doing your absolute best. I am also doing my best over here. Um, all the teachers at my school, almost all the teachers at my school had on the same shirt today. I did not have on that shirt. Like, you just you just do the best that you can. And, and, and I think when you have the attitude that – everyone around you is doing the best that they can. It just changes the way that you look at people. I think what happens is, is that people get the idea. They're like, but I feel like they could do better. It's like, well, of course they also feel like they could do better, but they are currently doing the best that they can. And when they do better, that will, that will be the best that they can then. Or you feel like I could do better or maybe even I did do better. Like sometimes I see kids, people who have like little bitty kids and I'm like, Oh, I, I was nailing it when, which I wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but like you can say like I did better when I had that or if if I was in that situation, oh, I would be so much better. But the reality of the situation is that you're not going to be like that. James 4, 11 and 12 says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks evil against his brother or judges his brother or speaks evil against the law or judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and only one judge. He who is able to save and destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? So we feel like that it's in your best interest to believe that that everyone is doing the best that they can believe that the the best about everyone that right. you meet and that's reason number 1 right there is that it's not your responsibility or my responsibility it's not our responsibility to judge others it's really not so we don't we don't want to speak evil against each other and it's only god who uh can judge and he alone has the power to save or to destroy so what right do we have to judge other people, even and though that's automatically what we do. Just to be clear, we don't have the right to judge anyone. I feel like there are a lot of Christians who are like, well, we don't judge most people, but we judge those people. And we don't have the right to judge literally anyone. Right. Like there's no one that we have the right to judge. I always say, I don't know anybody's life. I think what happens is that people are like, well, I just spoke truth to them. But the reality is that you can't speak, and we talked about this in, in other podcasts, but you can't speak truth to someone who doesn't feel like you genuinely love and care about right. them. Right, yeah, absolutely. If, they don't, if you don't have buy-in with that person, right. they're not going to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so, so many Christians, they just shout it from the rooftops, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is shout wrong. Shout it from the Facebook. And that's what, yeah, that's what I meant. And and what happens is that falls on deaf ears because they don't they don't have a connection with that person, so it's not actually making a difference. And also, all it's doing is um, looking as if you're judging them 
Um, and it's not our responsibility to judge them. It's our responsibility to love them as Christ would love them. And the truth is, is that when we judge others, uh, we're wrong most of the time. Right. In 1 Corinthians 4 or 5, it says, So don't get ahead of the master and jump to conclusions with your judgments before all the evidence is in. When he comes, he will bring out in the open and place in evidence all kinds of things we have never seen or dreamed of, inner motives and purposes and prayers. Only then will one of us get to hear the well done of God. I mean, so when we judge other people, most of the time we're judging wrong because we don't mm-hmm. know all the ins and outs. And that's that even goes back to what we were talking about, believing everyone is doing the best they can. Because right. sometimes you meet someone you think, good golly, they could be doing so much better, but you don't know how far they've come. Right. You don't know the situation they're right. in now. You don't know what they may have been through that day that leads them to behave this way. And you may think, I think they could do better, but if you were in their same shoes, you may not be doing nearly as well. I don't know anybody's life. <laughs> It's one of uh, Carrie Dilly's phrases. It's uh, trademarked. What's funny is, like, I hear my students will pick up on it, like, when they're kind of starting to squabble with each other or whatever, I'll hear one of them say, like, "Ah, well, I don't know your life. Like, I don't know what you're going through right now. And I've heard Jackson say it as well. And it kind of slays me because I think it's hysterical. And lastly, the reason we should believe the best about everyone we meet, believe that everyone's doing the best they can, is that when you believe the best, it allows for you to engage in the law of reciprocity. Which basically means that, like, if you believe that people are doing their best, that people will believe, in turn, that you're doing your best. Or from a biblical perspective, uh, Luke 6, 37 and 38 says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And that's that's so much about, like, it's not just about, like, giving, like, financially, but giving right. of your love and your time and your attention. Your lack of condemnation. Right, your lack of judgment. <laughs> Uh, it says, do, do not judge, and you will not be judged. It just it terrifies me for some Christians when I read that, and it says that every time you condemn someone, it's going to come back against you. Like, whew, there are some people out there who've got some stuff coming at them, right. you know? Like, yeah. it's scary. Yeah, because... I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that either. And it's tough. I think it's tough. It's natural inclination to make judgments, preconceived ideas right. uh, about people. And it's uh, what happens, though, is, one, it's one to, to think that, and, and then it's two to actually behave that way. Right. Like, treat the other person the way that you've already judged them. And three, it's another thing to share that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, a step-by-step process. That's not part of the notes, but that's just a little extra thing for you guys. Awesome. Though. So God's will is that you, one, acknowledge the fact that you need some help, two, believe the best about everyone you meet, and three, consult with God before you do anything. 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 So James 4, 13 through 15 says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Deo Valente. <laughs> we heard a sermon uh, years ago by Alistair Begg, and he used the phrase Deo Valente, which essentially means God willing. And he was really talking about like um, 
like the sin of of um what what would you call that sin of oh, there's a word for it assumption yes the sin of assumption yeah. yes like yeah. so assuming that you have tomorrow assuming that you have next week assuming that you have next year uh, like in, because what you're doing is you're making your own plans instead of making you know God's plans right because honestly, you know, a year ago, if you would have told me this is what I'd be doing right now, I would not believe. <laughs> I you. would not have believed you that we'd so, be in the upstairs room of our house, podcasting for right. the church that we're launching. That's yes, just absolute absolutely. madness. No, there's no way. What that verse is talking about is the fact that we we are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised right. next week. We're not promised next year. And that in order for us to be following the God's path, we have to be continuously asking him, what is it that you want me to do? What right. is it that is your will? Right. I don't want to be to the left or the right of what God Amen. wants. I yes. want to be right. I want to be right in the center. Right in the center of what God has asked for my life, for my family's life, for the for tribes' uh, life as a church. We want to be right in the center of what God has called us uh, to do. And the best way to do that is to ask him continuously, right. what is it that you would like for me to do? Because obviously that's going to change. That's going to change based off of the circumstances of the world and what happens mm-hmm. to you and things like that. And I think what happens is that people look at that situations and they're like, oh my gosh, God did this. Instead of saying, God, how are you going to work through this? Right. And that's a, that's a separate thing because God doesn't cause our problems. God can make everything you know, for his good and for his glory. He makes all things new. Through our, you know, our issues and our problems. Right. So. If we didn't say it, Deo Valente means God willing. It's no. Latin. I said it, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, it's one of our favorite phrases. We try to do that whenever we hear ourselves making assumptions about right. the future. Uh, and it reminds us, not not so much about, I mean, yes, it does make us, um, remind us not to make assumptions about the future, but it also reminds us that we need to keep God at the forefront of every decision that we make. Amen. And that we don't want to move a step without um, consulting what God's will for um, that decision may be. And so a good thing that you can do in those situations is when you're when you're faced with um, difficulties or when you're faced with a uh, decision or you're faced with even just how to handle a problem, you can say to yourself, will this honor God? I think you can do that. I think it's easy to, to say, like, will this honor God when you're deciding, like, should I go for this job or should I get this promotion or should I you know, make this, should we have another baby or whatever, like this, like those really big decisions in life. But I think that there's, there's so many times a day where we don't take the time to think, will this honor God? Will eating this candy bar honor God? Will, you know, laying on the couch instead of going to the gym, will that honor God? Like, um, I think it's, so I think it's, there are people who I'm sure are in the same position we are in where it feels like every day is big and important. And every day I feel like I have to sit my people down and be like, all right, well now listen to what happened next because this just happened and it's awesome. And I want to tell you about it. Or like we had this major setback to what we're doing because what we're doing is, is a really big thing and it's awesome and it's amazing to be a part of. But I think that, gosh, there's so many things that everyday decisions that we make from the food that we eat, the decisions that we make, the words that we say. We talked about that last week. Um, will this honor God? Mm-hmm. I think you, and that's, again, that goes back to that whole day of Valente thing. We've talked about getting the day of Valente tattoos for years. I feel like it might be time. It might be time. Yeah. This podcast, you heard it here first, day of Valente <laughs> tattoos. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> I think she's over it now. I think she's over your tattoos. <laughs> because yours are huge. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks, everybody, listen for the uh, Tribe Church podcast. Um, we have a event coming June 10th. Uh-huh. It's a interest gathering at the Parks and Rec Center in Plainfield uh, from 6 to 7 o'clock. You can check out our story on my blog at tribeliving.info. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tribe Church Plainfield, and where we'll keep you up to date on upcoming events and things that have been happening with the church. And then you can continue listening and subscribing to this podcast, and we'll continue sharing new messages each week and giving you news updates about the upcoming events and next steps for Tribe Church. We hope to see you all next week as we continue our series in the book of James. Bye.